talking to me <laughs> yeah i'm only talking to you because we, we don't have corbs today um how you going minga good good yeah corbs isn't here he's down in uh yamba what's he actually doing i have no idea we'll call him and we'll find out yeah we'll ask him mm. Mm. how's the weekend fucking boring i can't do shit just watched um horse racing and as much sport as i possibly could did you lose much money a uh, little bit, yeah. Yep. Didn't win anything, really, to be honest. I had a feel-good story gambling on the weekend. Yeah, what was it? What happened? It's not that good, but I was down, not much, I think 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Got a $10 bonus, but that didn't know I had, and I was going to put a $10 Hail Mary on one that the Oracle gave us late. Realised I had the $10 bonus, so it was a $20 bet. Won all my money back. Okay. I was flat before that. Was that late? It Was that on late in the day? Late in the day on s- Saturday. What race was it? Can't remember. It was just something the Oracle said to do. You don't really take any of that in. You just... No, I'll just listen to the Oracle and I'll do what he says. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Do you even, you don't even what you you don't even watch the races, do you? Sometimes I do, but I get too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I get really nervous. I don't actually really enjoy watching it. Really? No. I think that I think the juice of the um, the juice is what I'm in it for. You know, the thrill. Yeah, I don't like betting on them if I don't get to watch them. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll change. Sometimes if I bet on one and I don't get to see it, I'll wait 10 minutes until like the replay gets put up somewhere and then I'll watch, try not to like look at the results and then I'll watch the replay. Oh, that's a good, that's good, Minga. Well, the, I feel like if I'm putting my money down, like I want that. I want the thrill. Yeah, I just, get too, I just get too nervous. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so you did nothing on the weekend? Well, I can't do shit, man. Like I can't do anything like fun. Because I'm still recovering from this, this bloody surgery. So, yeah, nothing really. You know like, what I, like. I just can't move a whole lot, you know? I, I did a random thing, Minka. Mm. So, I like to fish. Yeah. And my mate told me there's um, there's, fish, there's bass in Lennox at... Um, that lake. The tea tree lake. What do you call it again? Like Arakan or something, Lake Arakan. Nah. Because I, I get that one. I get that one and the one down at Yamba mixed up. Had an absolute blank here. Anyway, we don't have an internet. I know the lake. We don't have a Google search up, but no. Nah. What's it called, Minga? I think it's like Lake Arakan. <laughs> okay. Okay. So tell me, it's bass at Lake Arakan now. Catching. I'm swimming that lake. I didn't see any bass. Bass fishing is. It's like a niche, right? So people get right into bass fishing. You, the, all the 
all the creeks that are connected to saltwater have bass all through the northern rivers. I don't know. They're probably into Queensland, whatever. And there's certain lures and setups and, and rigs for these things, right? And I've always wanted to get into it, but I just didn't know much about actual bass fishing because I've never done it. Anyway, my mate told me a while ago that, that you just get them in, in, that, in, your mate, in your lake Arakan, whatever it's called, the tea tree lake. I laughed at him. He rang me on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, and said, come down, I'm going to take the kids down to Lake Arakan. Can I tell you what it's called? It's not Lake Arrigan. No, nah, it's Lake Ainsworth. Ainsworth. Fuck. I think Lake Arrigan How is, did I the, forget? is the one at Yamba. Oh, I don't know about that. No, yeah, it is. Anyway, so Minga, I go to BCF. Yeah, I don't I don't like going shopping because Lake Arrigan. Yeah, go on. I don't like going shopping because even for groceries, like that. Bull can't send me because I come back with heaps of shit. I get excited. I just, I don't know. I just see stuff that I, I just buy things. Like, what do you buy? Like, if I go to buy cheese mm. from Woolies, I'll spend 50 bucks and I'll come home with fucking nuts, chips. I'll find a yogurt that I'll never even eat. Just random shit. Yeah, I've seen you do that I'm before. I'm bad. Yeah. Anyway, I go to BCF. BCF's dangerous, Minga, especially for fishing stuff. There's lures and shit that you just don't even need. And they're just juicy. I needed a reel, so I went and bought a reel. When you buy a reel, you need to get a line, got the line, whatever. I actually went for a cheaper option with the reel. Anyway, I asked the guys, what's to go with bass fishing? This guy, I don't think he'd be a listener of the show, but... um. They called him the bash, the bass, I don't know, the bass god or something. I don't know. They, he, they gave this guy a name, right? One he of worked at BCF. He worked at BCF. They said, go with Bass King. I think they called him Bass King. Okay. Yeah, sweet. So I go with Bass King. He takes me. He goes, yeah, mate, he's real confidence in this guy. He's showing me these, these, these spinner things. So you get like a jig head. It's got this special thing on it. Spins around. It's shiny. Convince me to buy a three-pack of them. Three-pack was 30 bucks. A single one was 12 or something. You know, you save six bucks. Mm. I said, what? So you reckon it's good? Yeah, you reckon it's good, whatever. I buy this this setup, this new reel, this new rod. I go down to, to Was Lake. he talking bass to you, the baskin? And he was... Um, Maybe he was talking bass shit. But was, when you were walking over to the lures, was he like, oh, yeah, where are you going? Like, oh. I said, I'm going to Lake Ainsworth. He goes, yeah, I went there, got... 18 with my mate. Oh, really? Last week or something. And I'm thinking, fuck, there actually are bass there. Yeah. He convinced me to buy this stuff. I'll get all these lures and plastics and stuff. And I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to kill it, right? I go down, I meet my mate down there. He's got two kids. He's down there. There's there's kids swimming and shit. I'm looking around. It's like the water was dirty. I thought, fuck, as if there's going to be bass in here. Oh, it's tea tree. You can't. It's just that brown color. That brown color. Pretty nice, you know, it's sand mm. um, leading to the water. There's trees and stuff in there. My mate's got, he's using a Kmart kids rod. He had one or two rods, Kmart kids rods with like thick mono line, like dog shit set up. He's using cheese minger. Like we're talking <laughs> tasty cheese, right? And he's got like little cubes of tasty cheese chopped up in a little container. 
he's just like feeding it onto the hook, not letting it break. Cast it out 10 metres. I've got this sick shiny lure, sick setup, braid, good rod, perfect setup, right? And I'm doing these fucking 40 metre casts, jigging this, jigging this thing, right? I look Further than you could kick a footy. The six-year-old son goes, yep, I'm on. He's, he's hooked one on the cheese. <laughs> Pulls it in, and it's a huge bass. Like, my mate reckons it's the biggest bass he'd ever caught there or seen. What, how big how big a, is a big bass? A big bass isn't that big. Like, like a 40-centimetre bass is a big bass, right? I'd say generally, like, they're somewhere between 25 and 30. Like a big brim. Yeah. They're a different shape to a brim. But anyway. A bit but more yeah, portly. Like, they're, they're sort of shorter. They're not as high. Uh-huh. And they might be a little bit wider. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, kid pulls one in off the cheese. I'm thinking, fucking hell, there's actually fish here. So I start casting prop, like harder and with more enthusiasm. Puts a bit more cheese on, casts it out. Two seconds later, another bass on the cheese. I'm not joking, Minga. I've watched him catch, catch like eight bass in half an hour. And I'm casting my lure to exactly where they're casting their cheese. And I did not get a touch. I've ended up unhooking my lure, putting a jig head on and putting cheese on my jig head, which is meant to have the special lure on it. Casted that out and started catching bass. Fuck off. So that guy that reckons he caught 18, the baskin, he um, he gave you a bum steer with that lure. Well, I don't know. He was, I don't know if he was talking fucking... Shit to me. Oh, I don't really know what the go was, but I didn't catch one fish and I got outfished by a, cup, a six-year-old and like a four-year-old that were using cheese. Cheese? Cheese, Minga. Like you could have <laughs> sat there with a platter, chucked a bit of cheese on your hook, cast it out and caught a bass. Do you think the bass in Lake Ainsworth have just developed a taste for the cheese? Perhaps. I don't know. But I felt, I it felt smells shit. a bit like cheese down the, around those tea tree lakes sometimes. I felt shit about myself. Yeah. You know, there's these kids. They gave me shit. The kids. Well, you deserved it. Kid, when I, when I was leaving, little Banjo goes, you're, you're shit at fishing. Banjo? Banjo. The, the Isn't that Lockie? Didn't Lockie call his kid Banjo? Yeah. But it's not. But you're not talking about Lockie. No, I'm not talking about Lockie's kid. Fuck me! How many banjos are there? Talking about around? Dec- well, this kid's the first banjo. Yeah. Um, now, did he name his banjo after Banjo Patterson as well? I think he might have. Because there's not many other banjos that you'd name, you know. Well, fuck. There's going to be some weird names getting around, dude. By the time like. We all have kids and they're all in school and stuff. The name game has changed. Oh. It has changed. Well, I'm shooting blanks, but I still get <laughs> I still get bull giving me these weird ass names flat out. What does she want to what why what would you, what does she think? She's into the the real unisex names. You know? Yeah. A name that I would probably assume up for a boy and she's saying it's for a chick. Like what? Rowie. What the fuck? Rowie. Rowie? Rowie's like, she's keen on it. Rowie is the full name. Rowie is the full name. And how would you spell that? Like R-O-W-I-E? Probably. Sounds like it's short for like Rowena. 
Well, her surname is Roe. <laughs> Roey Roe. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd be her surname and with my surname. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. But I That's um, just one I could think of off the top of my head. But mm, she she rattled a few off the other day and I just couldn't believe the shit I was hearing. Yeah, could was, not believe it, Minga. Well be, see, I've always had this uh thing where and I think it's been part of like my whole family is that my our first names have to be like very plain because our last name is quite you know strong. It so is you can't, one of the strongest surnames. Yeah, so it's so conquest. You can't you can't put anything too crazy in front of that, or it just becomes absolutely ridiculous. You know. So everyone's always had really pr- plain names. Yeah, because it's just you kind of have to. Well, you did have to work it that way. But I was th- thinking how to uh, toe the line with my son or daughter, if I ever ha- have one, of like kind of going with this new trend of having like a cool name because I don't want my kid to be the only kid with a fucking boring um, normal Catholic name anymore, you know? So what are you thinking? I, I like I like Marlon. Marlon? Yeah, but not like the fish, like M-A-R-L-O-N, like Marlon Brando. Marlon Pickett? Yeah, that exact exactly the same. Marlion? Is it Marlion? No, M A R L O N. Straight up Marlon. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That's what I that's that's what I like. Tish hates it. Marlon Conquest. Yeah, what do you reckon? I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you can't go you you gotta like you can't like back in the day, the if if you had a silly name the kids would probably give you shit about that and they'd all have their, like, boring plain names. But when our kids are going through school, like, if you've got the boring name, you're going to be the one getting shit the way things are going, I reckon. Yeah, like, your name's your name's Nick. Yeah. You freak. You wouldn't have a chance. Nah, you would not stand <laughs> a chance. Nah, you've got fucking Banjo and Apple and shit running around. Fucking, I don't know, there's so many weird ones out there. Yeah, well... The shit I've heard. What, what was your teammate's other kid's name? Lulu. Oh, that's a lovely name. It is a nice name. They're both actually good names. Yeah, yeah. I think Banjo's a great name. Yeah, I rate both of them. Um, Couldn't use it myself, though. Boogs into Winnie. Winnie? Now, Winnie Wakeham kind of rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how I feel about Winnie. Look, it's irrelevant, Minga. So Winnie would be a boy too. No, I think Winnie would is a girl. But you could it could go either way. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, it can. But you can't name your kid after fucking Winnie the Pooh, dude. I just think of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, everybody would think of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> when when has anything else ever been called Winnie besides a, a pack of cigarettes? <laughs> I'm shutting that one down. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> She's right into Winnie Mingo. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mingo. Yeah, well, are we going to talk about sport? Yeah, so the I, I want to talk about those fights on the weekend. I thought it was a pretty entertaining card without being spectacular. And I... There was there was obviously a, a couple of judging decisions. Well, it was an underwhelming there. card, don't you reckon? 
I we enjoyed could, it. Oh no, 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 not not the results. I'm talking the the pay per view factor of it being a, like a pay per view event compared to the week before, which was just a fight night. It was probably just as good. I think it lacked a bit of firepower on paper. Maybe, yeah. 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 Well, the the main the main fight getting cancelled because of injuries was uh, kind of took a bit away from it, and they yeah. had to make that change up. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was like really entertaining. Like had controversy, had good fights. Um, you know, not not all of the fights on the main card were great, but I thought they were still pretty good. But this judging thing, like the Paddy Pimblett and Jared Gordon situation. Um, I mean, so I was actually sitting there watching it and I knew there was no... I had it 30-27 to Jared Gordon. I knew there was absolutely no way that Paddy Pimblett had won that fight, like, if you were going to score it. But I remember sitting there when they were waiting for it and I, I was thinking to myself, there's a big chance they just give this to this guy. And I was having, like, thoughts of O'Malley and Yarn because I thought it was a similar thing. And... um. But this one, perhaps even like more so, just not, you shouldn't be able to score that for Paddy. And then when they said his name, I was just like, I kind of wasn't even surprised. Like it's got, it's it's almost at that point with this shit now where I'm like, if they're building this guy, if they're trying to build someone, uh, it's almost like they're fucking, like, it seems ridiculous. And I and I kind of don't believe it, but what I keep seeing is making it hard to you know to not fucking you know worry about it. It seems like it seems like they're actually just like leaning. The judges are leaning towards the guys that are, that have like got the hype train going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Don't don't you think with judging in any sports where there are judges? Probably, probably fighting, boxing, and and this. It's so fucked how how much the judges' decision affects so many things. Like, like this decision going that way can fuck a career, and can f- livelihoods and jobs and all this thing for the person on the receiving end. Like, it happens in it happened in the footy this year in a Richmond the Richmond finals elim, elimination final, and there was like a there was a score review for a Richmond goal. It got paid a, it got paid a goal, and they overturned it with like insufficient video evidence, and it went the other way. Richmond ended up losing, and that mistake, like, has cost them their season. That was and, a Brisbane Lions game. Yeah, it was it? a Brisbane Lions elimination final. And there's just so much at stake in these moments. And I don't like bashing umpires and stuff, and I never do. But, and this isn't a, a knock on umpires in the actual moment, but there's just, so, there's just situations that are probably avoidable and fixable that aren't getting fixed that have such huge consequences, like this fight, mm. like any fight that, that is scored poorly, you know. I, I just find it so fucked that we're relying on three old dudes or whoever the fuck they are to, to just make a decision based on their opinion. And that has such a huge impact on so many things. Like the flow on effect of, of a result of a fight is huge. 
Yeah, there's just there's so much on the line. Like it's so there's one of these judges that judged in this Paddy Pimblett fight. He's now part of an investigation because after that fight, he went and also judged a Bellator card uh, main event. Um, what's his name again? His name's Crosby, like Doug Crosby. Is this the one Ariel teed off at? Yeah. And so he went and judged this other Bellator event and he scored the fight 50 to... It was the main event on the Bellator card. He scored the fight 50 to 45 um, to this Sabatello guy. Um, and the other two judges scored it the opposite way to the other guy. Fuck. And... After the Pimblet fight? Yeah, after the Pimblet fight. And I haven't watched this, but there's... From what I've heard, there's no way that guy won five rounds. It's it's like it's so... Now, this, now after seeing the Pimblet fight and this one, not, so, not actually the Pimblet fight, he's under investigation for this fight because they're like, no, this is a bit too weird that you've done that. So now the commission the athletic commission who like put these judges on are calling them in to like play the video back and ask them why they judged it this way. Why yeah. I think they might be all in the same room or they do it one at a time. So they're not actually doing anything about it, but it's the first time I've ever seen, uh, you know, athletic commission come out and publicly say, we're going to investigate this. So that's interesting because they probably need to start doing it. It means something's happening, but I don't see anything coming from it. They're just going to go in there and ask this guy, and he's just going to be like, oh, well, I thought he took him down here, so he gets points there. Like, we, they're not going to, it's not going to go anywhere. But this guy needs to, needs to never judge again. And they need to start putting on ex fighters without, like, you know, biases. They're not still working at gyms where there's fight, or just don't put them on. Ju- there's so many ex fighters out there that you could have judging these fights, and obviously, if they have connections to guys that are at certain gyms and stuff, maybe take them off that. Don't let them judge those ones. Yeah. Do you think that's a solution? Better judges, or it is the solution. It's it's got to be fighters judging it. It has to be. But do, but do you think there could be like an actual point system or something that's less up to discretion? Well, the other thing is, um, what is it? Live, like live scoring, where they let the fighters see who won the last round. That's been talked about. Yeah. So you'd basically the judges would score the round after it happens when they're in the corners, and then somewhere the color or whatever I'd imagine, like blue corner, red corner, it would pop up who won that round. Yeah. So the fighters would know that. So you'd have guys coming in like two rounds down or one apiece, which would be really interesting because it would change the way people kind of fought in the in those third rounds or, you know, also get a gauge. Rounds. You'd also get a gauge of how they're judging the fight during the fight. Yeah. From what's happened in I the think, round. I, I, think, I think it has pros and cons because if you get people who are going up two rounds, you'd see them like coast a lot. In yeah. the third round. Like, you'd just see that happen. Like, and it would make for, like, a lot of boring third rounds. But if you had, um, I don't know, it's like, you'd kind of you'd kind of get guys, you know, going in 
two like one a piece, and you get it, you get some really exciting third rounds as well. Yeah, it's not bad. But I don't know. It, I don't think. Or more judges. What about more judges? Like have 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 nine judges, nine ex fighters. Yeah. The, look, the probably the more the more ex fighters you put on there and judge it, the better. But don't. It just can't be these guys. Fuck. Whoever the fuck these guys are that have been doing judging for these athletic commissions for this long. Like enough's enough, man. Like if you've got nine guys, there's also probably less chance of, of corruption. Because there would be, you know. If yeah. you've only got to convince two people or yeah. even one person. So this this Doug Crosby in that Paddy Pimblet fight, he scored it 29-28 to Pimblet. But all of the judges in that fight scored it 29-28 to Pimblet, which makes it even more sus. And then what makes it even susser, and we've spoken about this sort of shit before, is everybody that watched that saw that as a robbery and that Paddy, they saw Paddy Pimblett not winning that fight. Dana White then goes to the press conference and says, well, Jared Gordon had a terrible game plan in the third round and he shouldn't have come out and essentially win that third round, which is what he did by shutting him down. He was like, he should have came out and tried to finish him or kept fighting like he was fighting. And it just makes no sense what he's saying because how can everybody else in the world that follows this sport see it for what it is and then Dana White, who's usually spot on, say, like not see it the same way? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. It's, it, and when he does something like that, like if he came out and said, yeah, I think that was a bad decision, it'd look less sus. Weird because he did – he. He does come out and say he thinks it was like he, he said that about Volk and Max, remember? Mm. In the second fight. He came out and said who he thought Volk actually won that fight. He said Volk won that fight. Nah, he said Max won that fight. Yeah, because he probably wanted Max to win that fight. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is it's weird that he's he's come out and said said what he said about that fight when he has come out before and said that he disagrees with the result. It's shit that we're even questioning the integrity of it, isn't it? Yeah. Because that sucks. was sort of what was so good about, you know. Yeah, I know. It's concerning. They just have to, like, they have to do something about it. Like, these guys like Doug Crosby, they can't be judging anymore. Like, it has to, it has to be fucking, like, it's got to be ex-fighters, man. Nobody knows it better than go- than guys that have been in there. Yeah. Like they know how they're gonna know how to judge it. Get like, Rogan, get Rogan in there as the sole judge. He would. I'm, I wouldn't imagine he'd do it. <laughs> He's probably got it too good as it is. Imagine if he just he just had Joe Rogan as the judge, no one else. It'd be a lot better than it is now. You see the video of his reaction to that result? Yeah. Mm. It's the same re- reaction anyone in their right mind would have had. Mm. Like it was just ridiculous. That's the other thing. Like you see, like Joe. Rogan, like, acting like that to a decision live, it's like, of course it's fucking wrong, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens with all of that. I think Paddy Pimblett is just such a, like, piece of shit. Yeah, do you like him? Not in the slightest. I find him so annoying. And I just think it's weird that, like, having a funny haircut and a weird accent... um, is enough to like make you think you're the next like Conor McGregor, 
when he hasn't really shown anything in the ring, even before that fight that he just lost. He hasn't shown anything in the ring to suggest he's anything like Conor McGregor was. It's just like he got a funny haircut, you got a weird accent. Yeah, it's he gets like, fat. He gets fat after between fights. Yeah, and it's like I I don't know where the, all this like hype's coming from or why it is. It's like a it's like a British thing. Like they get these British characters, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, this guy's the next Conor McGregor." It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like people thrive on that stuff so much. It's so it's so weird. Like they need these like characters. They can't just enjoy good fighters. No, I, but the thing is, he will get he will get exposed, Patty. Yeah, you know he's going to get sparked probably in his next fight. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see who he takes. That guy that he was fought, um, beefing with at the presser and his beef with previously, where they nearly got into it um, after another card. That Ilya Taporia. Yeah. Yeah, he's and he smoked Bryce Mitchell. He like he's really good. If he fought Paddy, but he's the weight division below Paddy, but they could still probably fight. He would smoke him, man. Paddy was there at the press conference calling him like a Spanish sausage, like a chorizo, and all this shit, and getting yeah. him yeah. calling him a mongrel because he was like born in Germany and he lives in Spain and he calls himself Georgian and all this stuff. Yeah, but man, oh, like he would fucking destroy Paddy. Paddy wouldn't. It would never even take that fight. He's a hundred percent scared of him. I'd love to see that though. Yeah, but whoever if whoever they put him against next, it's probably it's got to be someone better than. It's got to be. Coyne. It's got to be a step up. Yeah, and he's just not. I just can't see him beating them unless they give him like a favorable favorable matchup. Mm, it's interesting, Minga. Did you um? Did you watch any of the cricket? Uh, little bits and pieces, yeah. It was fucking dog shit. Yeah, so we went nowhere near with your uh, Mitch Stark bet for that leg. Yeah, he let us down. Um, but yeah, it was, it was as subpar as you're ever going to see Test cricket. It was like a stage. I don't know if we spoke about it last week, but there was a stage during the match where I was watching it, thinking, "This is just you're fucking kidding me." Even the commentators were confused by it. The lack of the lack of intent. You know the um, the West Indian players were just talking to the Aussies when they were in the field about the crowd, and they just didn't seem like they gave a fuck, and they were just here for a holiday. Um, which I don't know, they can do what they want, but it's meant to be the highest level of cricket, and it was fucking shit house. Um, feels like the West Indies have been like playing like that for a while, though. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. It's the lack of pride was fucking crazy. It's good for the Aussies that a few players got in form because um, this 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 series against South Africa is going to be heaps better. But what do you think they do with David Warner? Um, what? Whether they whether they keep playing him? Isn't he averaging like twenty in the last year or so? Yeah, he's out of form, but he's a star. He's a gun. And I've actually heard Minga that he's not a bad bloke. Um, cops a bit of a bad rap, but I've actually heard he's not a bad bloke. Yeah, just sort of looks like he'd be a fucking shit bloke. I reckon the, look, the actual look of him. You reckon it's because he looks like a bit of a pig dog? Yeah, he looks like a bit of a pig dog. Mm. Yeah, Minga, and a bit, a lot of people judging the 
pig dog by its cover. Yeah, and should you judge, judge a pig dog by its cover? You shouldn't judge, judge a pig dog by its cover, I reckon. <laughs> Even though it's quite easy to. Well, the good news for cricket fans is the big bash has started. I think it's this is night three. Mm-hmm. I've watched the last two nights and it's actually been great having cricket on every night. Uh, you know, just for a bit of background, a bit of background sort of stuff. Um my man Adam Zampa, he's a fucking good cricketer, Mingo. He's a really good cricketer. Who's he playing for in the Big Bash? He plays for Melbourne Stars. Uh-huh. He's just, a, I just like him. He's like the only likable cricketer, I feel like, for me at the moment. Um, and before the Big Bash, they showed a sort of like a montage tribute thing to Andrew Simons and Shane Warne. Yeah. How this summer we don't have them and we're going to miss them and stuff. And um, Gilly... Gilly did the speech and then they showed like a montage of them. And it got me thinking. And I feel like the reason people like our age, or I guess all ages, we're not feeling attached to the Australian cricket team is because back in the day, don't you feel like our cricketers, they were our heroes, but they were also a bit relatable. They were just lower blokes. Yeah. Like, Andrew Simons is a primo example. He was just, like, a bloke that loved a beer, loved fishing. He was just, he was just like, he could have been anyone's mate, and he was just a gun at cricket. And he played for Australia. And he was, like, big, and he was a fucking cool legend, right? And then you go through all those guys that used to play cricket, and it was just, like, this hard edge about it. And they were all relatable, and they all had that hard edge that we looked up to. Do you know what? I've said this about rugby union back in the day as well. And it's the same with cricket. And I don't know if it's because you were younger and when you looked at these blokes, they just looked like men. Like they look like they could have been your dad. Yeah. Like, but now you look at these guys and they look more like just boys. But those blokes back then, like I remember you'd look at them like... And the cricketers, the rugby union players, and you're like, yeah, that bloke's a, you know, he's a man. And it's crazy to think that and the guys we were looking at are our, our age. Yeah, I know. Right now. Like big Matty Hayden, when he'd opened the batting for Australia, you know, he, yeah. was, he was 32. Yeah. Probably in his prime. Yeah. And that's our age. That's pretty crazy. But I just feel like those guys were so much more relatable. Do you think there's anything in that besides, though, like just us being younger? I do. I think there's more think, to it. Do you think it, that the young kids these days are looking at Steve Smith, Labashane, and stuff like that, and they look as much like men as Andrew Simons and Matt Hayden do? Fuck did? no. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Minga. They yeah. couldn't. They couldn't. They don't. Maybe, like, let's, let's get them up split screen all next to each other right now. Think of Ricky Ponting, right? Little fella, but fucking, he was tough. He was the toughest, and he was a gun. Hairy, man. Hairy. Ha- hairy arms on him. Could have been, could have been your dad. He could have been. <laughs> His arms were way hairy enough to be your dad. If a, cricketer, dad. if a cricketer couldn't be your dad, he's not a cricketer. Well, it's just hard to respect them, I think. There's something in that. And, look, Pat Cummins, Minga. He couldn't be your dad. No, he's more like an older brother. Yeah, or a, or a cousin. 
Yeah, cool, like handsome looking cousin. Yeah, talented, handsome cousin. That yeah, play, that plays in the rep teams. Yeah, maybe, but maybe like a bit boring. Yeah, this this handsome cousin that doesn't drink, mm. doesn't doesn't do much, but he's a, he's really talented at sport, and he, he wants to play in all the rep teams. Yeah, and he sort of studies hard, which yeah. is you know good on him, mm. but he couldn't be your dad. No. Like, I'm thinking more like older brother that you never really connected with too much because he was, like, you know, a bit plain but really good at sport, um, you know. Yeah. Didn't really. He was probably, you know, and then he was away a lot of the time when he got older. You never really, like, connected with him, you know. He wasn't – he was definitely not, like, a father figure. And that's exactly how I feel about Australian cricket. I cannot connect with any of these guys. I, I don't. And the only reason I, I feel like I – I like Zamper because he's a bit weird and I feel like, you know, he's a bit quirky and, he, and he's into other things, not just cricket. And he, this guy doesn't even play test cricket. He doesn't even play shield cricket for his state. But I really just, I just really like him. He plays Australia in the short form <clears throat> and he's a gun. He's a gun T20 player. But um, yeah, I just think that's the problem. And I think they're just not relatable anymore. And it's probably due to the professionalism of sport these days in general. And that's probably why it's the same maybe with with the league and stuff. And, you know, these guys aren't sort of the knockabout blokes that they might have been back in the day. Yeah. Um, and even I listened to the podcast with Justin Langer and the stuff he was talking about. And I'm not – and they were ruthless minger like 20 years ago. It's not like they were, they were like – they didn't care about the sport or anything like that. They were fucking ruthless and hard-edged, and there was just no mercy. And they, they had that edge about them, but they also could have a beer fucking the night before the game. They were doing stuff like that, you know. And I just feel like to the general public, that's all we want to see. We want to see these guys that we can relate to and and feel like we're – not like that we're one of them, but just feel like they're just like us and they're just – people from our country that are really good at these sports. And oh, sorry, that was an accident. That's all right. Carry on. I'm just going to show you something here. It's a bit of a case study. <laughs> yeah. Here's a photo of Minus Labashane. Yep. You see that? See it. Probably looks like, you know, oh, he looks like a fucking someone dog. like you'd see around. Yeah. Could be a mate of yours. Matt Hayden. <laughs> They're probably the same age in that photo. They are. <laughs> now, which one of them <laughs> would you like reading you bedtime stories at night? Haydos. Papa. It's a no-brainer. We need more dads in the cricket. We need more dads everywhere. Even like I don't know what's and, happening. And I have another theory, Minga. I'm sorry for all these theories, right? But I've got another one. When Michael Clark came into the team, he was sort of the last gun in that old generation, right? And the Australian public and even people within Australian cricket didn't 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 take to him warmly. And I think it was because he was a bit of a He's a twink. He was sort of the first um, prodigy, not prodigy, because 
Ricky Ponting was a prodigy, but he was sort of the first guy that came through all these systems and was like this manufactured cricketer. He was a bit of a pretty boy. Yeah, he's a twink. He's a, he was a twink, and he, he was a fucking garden minger. He was a he's yeah. A, he was. I remember uh, there was like a patch there where he was. Fucking yeah, he made unstoppable. like he made like four double tons in his calendar year or something. Yeah, yeah he he was he was really good, but even though he was a gun, he wasn't at, he wasn't as relatable as as these other guys were, and I feel like that was almost the start of this sort of next generation of cricketers. Um. Yeah, and that was sort of like a, a bit of a primo example, you know. It was sort of like uh, uh, the changing of the guard a little bit with these guys. Um, and and I, I'm not knocking Michael Clark because I actually really rated him and I think he's a, he was like a really good captain. He was smart and he was a gun cricketer and he actually did some good things for Australian cricket. But Yeah, he, he was, but he just wasn't anybody's dad. Nah, he wasn't anyone's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a child out there in Australia looking at that man <laughs> wanting to be nuzzled up under his arm. There wasn't like, could you, oh, Glenn McGrath? He's like big time dad. Big time dad. Mm. You could go through that whole list. Yeah, Warney would have been. He was a cool well, dad. Nah, Warney's a cool dad, <laughs> Minga. <laughs> Warney was the dad Warnie, that was naughty. Warnie's the, the dad kid. that wasn't around. <laughs> Let's be honest. Come on. You won't hear me say a bad word about Warning Finger. <laughs> you will not. Uh, Justin Langer. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Gilchrist. Oh, how good of a dad would he be? Maybe, yeah. Maybe Gillespie. Oh, Dizzy. Yeah. He would be like a quirky, funny dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's sad, it's a team it? full of them. It's sad, Minga. And Brett Lee could have been your dad. Oh, 100%. I, <laughs> I had dreams about Brett Lee being my dad. <laughs> Brett Lee was actually my number one dad when I was growing up playing Kidding cricket. Kidding me? Yeah. That's it. I, I, didn't want, I didn't want any anyone else to be my dad except Brett Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brett Lee would have been such a – he would have been more of a new age kind of dad. Well, he would have taught me how to bowl a bit straighter, I reckon. Yeah, true. You are sort of the descendant of Brett Lee. Fast, erratic, like a raw talent. That's what they used to say, yeah. That's what Brother Phil used to say. Mike Hussey? Yep. Dad? Even David Hussey, one of the greats. Dave Hussey, dad? Mm. One of the greatest to never get the credit he deserved, I reckon. All the time on the pitch. Yeah, Dave Hussey. Made a lot of runs, Dave. So when is it like anyway? When is the uh, South African test and stuff starting? Starts on the seventeenth, which is it's Saturday. I think it's Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that'll be. I'd be more inclined to um, tune into that, to be honest. Yeah. Than I've that re- West Indies stuff. I've released a little story to sort of spark a bit of, um, I don't know, a bit of tension, controversy, hype, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, Faf Duplessis got an autobiography um, where he's come out and said something about Steve Smith milking a situation. Uh, so hopefully that creates some sort of interest. Faf. Faf. Do you know, if anyone's looking for cra- some of these crazy <laughs> child names, they would probably be a good idea to go to some of these um, South Africans, I reckon. Pull some of that shit off the shelf. Faf Duplessis. Yeah. Mm. Drickus. 
Drickus Duplessis, who just fought in the UFC on the weekend against Darren Till. Drickus. Drickus. That's a fucking Hogwarts name, dude. It's not good. There'd be a lot of good stuff over there, I reckon, if you're looking for, if you're looking to spice up the uh, child's name or whatever. Yeah, it's not good. Um. So yeah, Mingo, let's just pray that there's a bit more interest in this. In this series, it's a bit more competitive. We, that's all we want to see, you know. We want to see Australians have to dig deep. We want to see some fight. I just want someone to hold me at night <laughs> under their arm, read me a bedtime story, give me a kiss on the forehead, and just let me know that everything's going to be all right. Is there anyone in that team that could hold you? Hmm. Honestly... Would Nathan Lyon hold you? Nah, man. No, nah. <laughs> no, nah, nah, he's 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 more of a creepy uncle, I reckon. Wouldn't want that cunt touching me. Yeah, he's got he's got a bit of that about him. Well, we've just called Corbs. Yeah, we've got Corbs on the line. We don't even know where he is, but we just know that he's not here. You there? I'm here. What's happening? Corbs. We were just talking about how um the Australian cricket team and the Australian rugby union team used to look like they were like father figures and you could you used to picture them as your dad and stuff like that and now you just can't do that anymore with the current There's a lot, crop. A lot, of, a lot of dad figures amongst both teams for sure. John Eels would be a great dad. Yeah, Chris Latham. Oh, great dad. Socks great down. dad. Great, great dad hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dads have hamstrings. Yeah, and calves. Yeah, real dads. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, what I look for in a dad anyway. Yeah, and we were saying, you know, like Matt Hayden, that Andrew Simon's dads. Wouldn't Matt Hayden be a good dad? Oh. oh. And and um, because you couldn't, you could, could you pick anyone in, this, in the current crop of Australian cricketers that you would like to hold you at night? Oh, prob- oh this is a rough one. Probably not. Probably not. Mm, I can't. I don't follow it closely enough, just as well to say who's a really good dad figure. But you know, there's there's a fair few scandals that have been had, and but and I don't know any of the new young bloods, and there's no one out there just showing. Him. I, you know what? I, <laughs> Would you, know you let any of them hold I, your I, own I reckon son? if there's one man, if there's one man to be a good dad, it'd have to be Labuschagne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> What? What? Manus, My, I reckon Manus might be a not bad dad. <laughs> a not bad dad. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Corbs. We just shredded Manus. We just oh, no, we, Ma- no, well, see. I don't know the personal of Manus. All well, I know we, is what he's been doing. No, like. well, we didn't shred him too hard. I just, I just put a picture up of him next to Matt Hayden and and asked Dano whether. Um, you know, oh, it's, that's non comparable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he got shot a little bit. That's not fair. But, but you know, the Steve Smiths not not a good dad. You know, the sands the you know the sandpaper scandal. You know, Warner too, not too a much good of dad. a baby face. Warner too yes. much of a pig dog. <laughs> too much of a piggy. There's yeah. too much. There's too much around him. You know. Um, Oh yeah, I'm, I agree. There's, I don't think there's anyone you could really push out as. And a how, how disappointing is it that, like Pat Cummins, Australian cricket captain, you'd think he'd be the the daddiest of them. 
The pedestal dad. He's nothing more than an older brother. Yeah, yeah, he's an older brother. Pat Cummins is the older brother that's pretty good at cricket. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we were saying. That's exactly talented, what we were saying. talented sportsman. So we've got daddy, we've got daddy issues in Australian cricket at the moment. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bang on. Yeah, and we're and we're working, we're working through that. But we're so man, we're gonna. Well, we need to get your tip for this week for our multi because we. Jeez, I don't know. Your 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 leg was sensational with Argentina and Netherlands for the draw. God, but wasn't it wasn't pure it class? Close? I, I watched the um, I watched the. I actually didn't watch it live because of the time, but um, we did watch the Brazil game, and um, we turned, which was very late, and we were still up, and we we turned it off after first half of extra time because Neymar scored. And they mm. were celebrating to the crowd after they walked off and were celebrating, clapping the crowd. And we're like, oh, this must be the end. And we turned the TV off going, Brazil 1-0, we're good. And then Barnes the next morning was like, mate, Brazil lost. And we're like, no, no, no. We watched it. And he's like, no, no, check that again. And we're like, no, 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 trust me, we watched it. And he's like, <laughs> check, check it again. So we, we, check, we checked it again and we're like, Fuck, we missed the whole half of extra time. Like we could have oh. like I wish we stayed away, but yeah, so they lost and then we and then we watched so then we stayed away. Um sorry, we were now awake, obviously, watching the rematches on SBS and we watched that Netherlands one. And mate, how crazy was that in, in injury time they scored two goals to even it? Yeah. Like, so so I don't know. If, Wild like, shit. I thought they were gonna be I thought Argentina looked sharp as hell through the game, but Netherlands just did what, you know, they just hung in there and got those two last sneaky goals and then lost in the shootouts. But that was yeah. a wild day of football, that one. Wild day. And I'm, 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 I'm glad I glad I called the draw. But, um, and, um, I was pretty, I was pretty shattered that because I had a three leg bet return multi, which oh, you meant one, one leg fails. And so I had that, the yarn bet. And then, um, the Mitch Stark bet. And Mitch Stark lost that bet because Lyon went on out of cracker. Mm. And then Yarn and that were a draw. But then Dude. the draw thing the draw thing wasn't a possibility in the betting. Well, no, nah, so you get re- you, the, you get refunded. But they didn't give me it. Oh. Yeah, I know. Rough. They're like, no, you didn't bet on the draw. I'm like, no, but there is no draw. Mine mine got re- mine That's leg, what I mean. my leg got refunded. Now Yarn, oh, mine didn't. Yarn was um Man, Jan had every opportunity to win that fight. Like two and a half rounds into that, he had that. He had Ankalaev fucked, and but on like when he had one, and really on hurt, like one I leg. No, I've no idea because when they exchanged and they came in close to each other, like you'd see, um, Ankalaev had the speed on him, but Jan had a bit of more power. Oh, you know? Polish and, power! And, yeah, the Polish <laughs> mate and. And um, Jan, I think Jan got stung a few times, not not by massive hits, but by hits that I think made him a bit wary of Ankalev if he was unloaded. But uh, exactly what you just said, I don't don't know why Jan didn't go for the kill as soon as he started yeah. chopping the. Remember he chopped. Remember he took the other. He took. He went from south southport to regular or whatever stance, and then he um Jan started chopping that leg. And at once they Ankalev was like struggling to walk, and Jan didn't capitalize on it. He just like yeah. kind of went. Like, he and I was, was like, what is he doing? What's he doing? Like, go, 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 like, hammer and tong swinging, you know? He was playing, um, he, he was playing the, playing long, the long game, game. and, like, yeah. and it backfired on him because Ankalaev made the adjustment and wrestled him. 
And then, and do you know what? To be honest, I'm not, I'm not upset with that being a draw no, because either. I think that was too. I, I reckon understand the scorecard. Yeah, for sure. I reckon two and a half minutes of that. I mean, sorry, two and a half rounds of that was Yarn winning, and the last two and a half rounds was Ankalive winning. So oh, for sure. I, I reckon I it can't was... disagree with the draw because Ankalive clearly lost, clearly lost to Dion, you know? Yeah. Like, and, so yeah. I don't, and I don't one, like, one, I don't, yeah. I, I'm actually like, I don't, I'm pretty happy with that bet, even though it didn't God, pay, but it didn't God, lose I love either. Yeah, me too. What a fucking champion. What but, about but after Dano, it? Just give him, give him the belt, give him the belt, he beat me. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Ankalive started saying, Oh, I came into this with a massive knee injury, and but you're like, mate, are you? This shows the caliber of men, like you know. And Jan came out after and going, oh, I didn't realize he complained about the knee injury. It just shows you, like, the two different sides of the of the men. I'm like, go, Jan. Yeah, Jan is the like, man. He's all he always has been, always will be. He's a he's a real champion. He's a good dad. He's a champion. He, he is a dad, and and I definitely you you would say you would both say that you look at him and you see your dad. Yeah, I do. Jan, yeah. Jan. Yarn's a, like Yarn's a big dad figure. Yeah, big dad, pop, big Polish dad. You know, yeah, hundred percent. But um, he's a, he's but, one of the biggest dads in the UFC. Oh, he's yeah. He he actually is a not really, genuinely not good, nice dad. You know, mm. um, it makes me wonder though. This whole dad chat. If I like, I'm quite concerned now. Um, I, I don't think anybody looks at me and thinks that I could be their dad. You know. But that's just now, mate. That's just right now. <laughs> but I feel like this is the age you where wait till I, I you should wait till have... Pod, you wait till podcast 50 drops. <laughs> I should, no, I feel like at this age, I should have people, you know, looking at me, thinking of me as, their, as like a dad or their dad. Corbs, he's got a child name that he revealed earlier in the potty. Oh, go on. Marlon. Marlon. Not like the fish, like, Mar- like Marlon Brando. Yeah, Mar- and Marlon Cheeto Vera. Yeah, I love Marlon. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I love it. Thanks, man. I actually revealed my child name to Connie very early in the piece. Yeah, very early in the piece. It was after Nash had a starker of a day, and we um, <laughs> and I was like, I really like Nash Nash for a name. I love Nash Rule Willa. And then everyone asked me, is it named after Nash Rule the jockey? I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, the people that my friends are like, "What do you reckon? What do you reckon?" <laughs> Definitely is. Yeah, that's the best. But Nash, is, Nash is a strong name. Anyone who knows knows. It's a strong front running guy, Waterhouse <laughs> running, just front powerful name. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in training. You better believe he's in training. Yeah. <laughs> Nash on a gay bot trained horse. On untouchable. Untouchable. Can we go, can we actually just go to Dano now for his and just talk quickly about his leg that potentially fucked us, I reckon. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> the start. No, look, you did you did the maths. It all added up. Boy, added I'm up. not gonna Mate, hold it against you. I put a huge individual bet on it too, um, Dano, because I, I was so confident um, leading in because it was like Mitch Stark with the leading. They, they said it on the TV, like leading wickets, like in, in night test oh, with the pink ball. I'm like, right. oh, fuck, I'm going to load it. And I loaded it. I was like, mate, Dano's so on the money here. It's not funny. And I, just, I loaded it. I loaded it. And he didn't have, like the competition was poor, you know, like, like 
as in within the Australian team, West Indies are putrid. And I thought, you know, they'd be scared of this fast bowler. Pink ball, he's going to be hooping it. And he just, he just, it just didn't work for him. It was so shit and frustrating. It just wasn't his day. There were also a couple of runouts which fucked it as well. He, he actually got one of them. Um, you've got to, so, so, you've got so, to redeem so if, yourself if, this week. If they, if they get a runout, does that not um, count on their wicket then? Nah, no, nah. no, runout's not a wicket. Doesn't go on that. Go, it's not, not like go not. It's not a bowling wicket. You got to be yeah, bowling. Gotcha. That sucks, doesn't it? Fuck, it sucks. Um. So let's get into the one for this week. Um, I'll I'll go first. So this week, I'm um, I'm going back to the to the UFC. This is the last card of the year. Um, and in the main event, we've got uh, Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. Now we've spoken a bit about Sean Strickland. Haven't spoken a bit about Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannonier. Um, now the Killer Gorilla used to fight at heavyweight. He's been in there with the best of the business. He's got pumped by Whitaker, beaten by Adesanya. Um, he's at, not at their level, but he's at the level below them, which is above the level of Sean Strickland. So I reckon Jared Cannonier knocks Strickland the fuck out. I get three seventy five for that, and I reckon Strickland three seventy five. Yeah, Strickland Strickland's the favorite to win the fight, dude. It's at a dollar ninety and dollar ninety four, like barely. But dude, the killer gorilla is going to catch him, I reckon, at some point. And and Strickland is probably after that Poetan knockout. He's probably never going to be the same after that. I reckon. <laughs> He's so square how he fights. Too. It's so hideous. It is shit. Hideous. Like he would do very bad things in a street fight, but just it just I don't know how he got like yeah, like if he's fighting against someone that slightly moves around who has any kind of overhand throw or anything, he's gone. Dude, Cannonier can fucking crack. Like he can hit really hard. Uh that's that's my leg anyway. Three seventy five killer gorilla. Knock, knocking that. out Sean Strickland. What are you thinking, Corbs? Look, I'm gonna look. This is mine's extremely risky, but um, that's why we're in the business, you know. That's um, it. So, I've followed them the whole World Cup. They're my second team behind Australia. Um, I'm not going to go away from them now. So, I'm going to go France to be Argentina, only because I know Argentina are building. But I just, I just got, I don't know, I got a funny feeling about France again to go back to back World Cups. Um, they're both paying very similar prices: two dollars eighty Argentina, two seventy France, three dollars the draw. The draw was very enticing to me, and I thought it might go extra time. But I think France will beat them. Um, and I, I, I even am gonna personally, which I'm not gonna chuck in this, but I'm gonna go personal. Um, bet on a two-one scenario, um, but yeah, mo- just for the just for the um, multi, I'm going France to beat Argentina in the final. Yeah, two seventy, two seventy. Yeah, man, I love that. I'm thinking exactly the same thing. I, I, I'm actually surprised Argentina's got this far. I think they've actually had like a kind of a soft run. I really it's just haven't that, rated them like any time I've seen them. I don't know if it's just I've developed this distaste for Argentinians. And then 
um, Nazi harbouring ways, but uh, I don't know. I just don't see what, like, I look at France and France just seem, like, so quick and so skillful, and I just don't see it in when I look at Argentina. Mate, I, it, isn't it weird? We were talking about the last couple of games of Argentina when we were last on them. They did look a bit like, you know, they looked like a bit flat and that, but feels like they've been building. Like, and the, and the last one I thought was going to be a lot closer and just Argentina dismantled that team. Um, and then, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a cracker of a final, but France are just, I don't know, I feel like they've got the juju coming into it and, like, I feel like they've got the the Ford powder to really dismantle the you know the what are they called the what do you call them, Gonny? The cat the cat people. Oh, the gnome <laughs> and his army of cat men. There we go. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Are you boys a soccer? Feel are you like boys... it's a couple of dogs. Are you guys... <laughs> Argentinian cat men? <laughs> are you guys into the storylines and stuff? Because I I am a sucker, and Mingy, you know I'm a you're sucker. A, you're a narrative man. I'm a narrative man, and. Uh, I get the opposite feeling going into the final. Ooh. Without too much knowledge to back it up, right? So your leg is Argentina to win. <laughs> That's not my leg. <laughs> which, is a com- which is a complete cancel. So the whole multi. No, no, no. So yeah, I think so, I think my leg's going to be um, Argentina to win. Oh, so we just should we just bet on Jared? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I my betting's career is fucking struggling, right? So I might just bet on Australia to win the toss in the cricket. Whoa! <laughs> nah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck oh, me. that was so spicy that I loved it. Like. <laughs> like and I'm sitting here starkers, so like <laughs> I had to almost quickly grab a belt and put it around. Do you like it? On. Do you like it, Cobbs? Bit of asphyxiation. I, I, I like it because I like it because of the risk. I like the risk involved, but I I don't like it as far as a money bet. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's over a bit too quickly for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It killed every. And if the other two win, God, you'd be shattered. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting would it be if? Give us a chance at least. Yeah, you know? okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's just a fluke bet. Yeah. Boys, back Fuck. to back to Messi. Um, are we into the whole Messi storyline here? Like, do you guys oh, I, are you guys are you guys liking it? Do you, do you want him to win? I, I, respect, I, I don't respect give a the hell out of him. I respect the hell out of him, but I just it's something about. Something about, I don't know, I just feel like there's a certain bit of arrogance. Um, and I don't know, I'm going to get, I might get shot down a little bit for this from, you know, all our hundred listeners, but <laughs> I don't, I, I think there's a fair bit more arrogance going around with the Argentinian um, fans and that compared to the, compared to the French fans. I don't, I don't know, maybe that, that's probably completely wrong and the French fans got a heap of arrogance because they won last as well and blah, 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 but. No, you're know. right. They're acting like uh, the stuff that I've seen in Argentina. They're acting like they've won it already. That's what I. That's what I reckon. I've, of the things I've watched, I'm like, fucking hell, man. Argentina, Argentina, of like, they reckon that's in the. They're like, they're like already opened the trophy cabinet. You know, like, mm. I don't know. But I do love. I do love. I do love that Messi's. Um, you know, old as hell going, and he's still their absolute best player by like a fair bit. You know, and um, he's set like. 
the way he set up that last goal in the last match was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I respect the hell out of that. I heard something today that we, we will all respect, which I didn't realise, but apparently he's known for keeping his feet. Now, that's what we hate about soccer, football, whatever we want to call it. But apparently Messi is actually known for it. Well, see, this is where... And it's, this is where the gnome, the short femur and tib-fib comes into it. He's low centre of gravity. This is where I, you know, my lack of um, knowledge of football or soccer really, you know, comes into play here because I, I'm just saying these things, ragging on the gnome, and I've got absolutely no idea what I'm talking about because I watch this shit once every four years. So the gnome minger is actually known. The gnome is known for keeping mm. his feet, and I respect that. Apparently they come at him really physical, really hard. The gnome keeps his feet and just fucking charges through. Now, another thing I like about the gnome is I love his passion for his country. Now, I don't agree with people that aren't sportsmen-like, and he was a little bit a little bit angry after after their last win. Or was it the it was a quarterfinal win? Um but I love his passion for it. There was a reporter that spoke to him, I think it was today, uh, yesterday, like praising him basically for what he's done for their country. And he got a bit emotional listening to her talk about him. And I just respect players that play for their country and, and it's their pride. They love it that much. They love it that much. And just to see him win one would be fucking awesome. And I do love a storyline. So, Corb, stick with France. I've got no fucking idea if France are good. They probably are, and they probably will win. But I think sometimes a storyline happens, and I just I can imagine him just doing some sick shit in the final, keeping his feet, keeping his feet, not taking a dive, dodging a few blokes, slotting one or setting one up. I don't reckon you know shit. I don't know shit, Minga, but I know that champions are champions. All right. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen because France is the second leg. So, Do you want my actual leg? Yeah, can we get your actual leg? It was me Kawaja uh-huh. to score over 38 and a half. In Car the thir- charger. Over 38 and a half in the first innings. Now, mm-hmm. I don't have stats to back this up and I'm not going to go by stats because I kind of did last week. I just know that he's a gun. He hasn't really got on the end of a score against the Windies. But he's had a fucking huge year. Father figure? I tell you what. Actually. He is. Hold the fuck. He's probably as close as we've got. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's. Yeah, he's. You're right. He's I missed that one. Figure. I missed that one. Papa Kawaja. Yeah. <laughs> Papa Kawaja. <laughs> Papa Ka- Where's Papa. my charger? Papa Kawaja. <laughs> <laughs> Papa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the what's what's the bet? Because this is the third. I love one. that. I've got I've yeah. got here at a dollar eighty eight. That's epic. Yeah, dollar eighty eight to score over thirty and a half. Now he's, oh, gotcha, he's had yep. a huge year. He's in red hot form. Mentally, he's as good as they come, I reckon. And him him not scoring runs in the last couple of games. He scored a few runs, but I don't think that will really affect him. And I think he's just a star. First innings. He'll be sweet. He'll make runs. 
So that's run scorer market, Usman Kawaja. Total runs, first innings over 38.5. Yep. Yeah. So you add them three together. Home and, and we're getting $19. God. We're on. $19.38. Oh, my God. This is looking pretty good. Hopefully the gnome doesn't get the fairy tale. There's redemption this week. I've just put it on. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just put that bet on. Good. I've got a bit of money We're sitting on. in there from the weekend. I might put a hundred on it. I just put fifty on it That'd for a nine nine hundred nineteen dollar payout. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus, where are you, corpse? I'm in Yamba. Is this just pure vaco? Pure vaco, mate. Pure oh. vaco. How good? Yeah, it's been unbelievable, actually. Um, we're stones throw from the Pacific Hotel. Oh. Like, not, no joke, I'd throw a stone over the Pacific Hotel. Fuck yeah. Really? Um, and, yeah, it's it's just been unbelievable, actually. It's been – we've been graced with epic weather. And um, even the days that it's been pretty windy, you'd really protected down that little main beach. Or we went to Angari and it was fully protected where we were as well. It's spooky, so it's yeah. unbelievable. That, unbelievable. No, any waves? There's yeah. no waves, is there? No, nah, very, very minimal, very yeah. small. There's guys on long boards and stand-ups struggling, but – that, it's just been that glorious of weather, you know. Oh yeah. So it's been it's been awesome that little fella out, but that's been good. <laughs> I'm be careful I'm walking around with your t- little fella out. I'm pretty tanked right now, actually. We <laughs> <laughs> got, got the little fella out right now. <laughs> the other little fella's in bed, and the other little fella's out and about. <laughs> one's asleep, one's running a <laughs> All right, Papa Corbs, we've got to let you go because we've got to, we got to talk to the Oracle. But All right, lads. Thanks for your time, man. We'll see you when you get back. All right, speak to you soon, lads. See you, Corbs. Bye-bye. Catches.